This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. Rise up. The answer lies in the heart of battle. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Hadouken! This week, we talk about Repop taking over E3. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge hits 1 million. I also discussed the pros and cons of modern control schemes in fighting games. Bayonetta 3 finally gets a release date, and in our final stage, I check out Capcom Fighting Collection. All this and more in this loaded edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show that gives you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome back to a loaded game-filled episode of select start i am your host xavier josiah we got some big news to talk about here because i mean like this is just amazing that this news came up and oh my goodness i i, I i'm ecstatic because i know some of the people involved in this company and what's going on here but we got to get down to business here i hope everybody's having a great week this week it's really hot out there um i'm still actually like rejuvenating i i i took i did a uh after recovering from my basic uh crash and burn accident that i had i i went back on the scene and did a 60 mile run you know get my payback for it so I, you know i'm back but it was one of the most enduring type of rides i've ever done I, in five hours i managed to you know get around 62 miles and and um man i'm still recovering from it <laughs> but I'm, I'm much better than i am but i hope you guys are doing just the same but we got to get down to this news because this is absolutely fantastic read pop the people that i had the utmost pleasure of working with in the past few years and you know getting to do some awesome things with them and, and stuff like that and um just found out that they actually have acquired e3 they actually have taken I, I, you could pretty much say they've taken over i, I they, they've taken it over they are now handling it this is a, this is now e3 is now a read pop event for those who have been stuck under a rock and have not been listening to the show if you're new to the show thank you uh, welcome but we gotta talk about this read pop is the people responsible for new york comic-con responsible for emerald city comic-con shout out to my man brendan out there in our acmg facebook group who will be attending that um they've done a convention here in philly keystone comic-con uh in 2018 and 19 um they are they do pax pax is actually which is funny pax is kind of the 
rival convention to E3. You know, E3 has always been to video to gaming industry as what New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con has been to all the other fandoms. And this is huge. This is major. This is absolutely a major thing going on right now. Um, yeah, they decided that they wanted to take it over. And I am now trying to get some information from the people that I know from this company. I uh, spoke to one of them there. He doesn't know the too much of the details of this, but he was thankfully he, he kind of forwarded my question over to the president and vice president. So hopefully we'll get a quote from them on this. But it's really it's an amazing thing. Um, re, like I said, Repop has been responsible for, you know, the Penny Arcade Exchange Convention, which is, you know, a gaming convention in its own right. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of, you know, are they going to migrate packs into E3? I don't know what's going to, what's like, what's going to happen here in this case. Like this, so this is kind of as, this is as big. Think about it. This is as big as when we found out that Funimation was being acquired by Crunchyroll or Crunchyroll was being acquired by Funimation and Sony and they might, they're migrating Funimation into, you know, it's, it's that type of big deal um e3 absolutely still to this day um is the biggest gaming convention of all time and i know jeff Keighley is out trying to you know be the new thing out there i don't honestly and and there are people online who you know really said the same thing it didn't live up to anywhere near what e3 was and i know he was trying to do a virtual version of this and i believe that he said that he uh, he may be doing a live version i'm not sure but e3 well he's doing it again next year i don't know if it's going to be live or on in person or whatever um jeff Kelly is trying to build what e3 was in his format his platform i don't know if it's going to work to that extent um there it, it's not the it's not perfect he does a great job getting acquiring a bunch of talent and names and everything and people by his side um i don't know now this is under repop this is like i've worked with this company before i've, I've partnered with this company before i know how good these guys are in terms of really putting on a great event and if you guys remember new york comic con last year when i attended my first one it was during the the beginning of the end of you know the pandemic they handled things at that sense so well and i mean so well it was amazing with my first experience at new york comic-con and the fact that i was able to see them operate the way that they did and how fluid everything went with this despite the situation of the pandemic and the mandates and you know the requirements to wear masks and everything everybody everything worked to the best of it there was no reports or anything abruptly bad about new york comic-con it was anime new york afterwards in the same building the javits center that came in and they were very unprofessional and they had what we could now call line con where people was out there for five six hours waiting to get in on the first day and then on top of that they were they were like the first report of the new variant came from anime new york anime uh anime nyc so 
And then another con after that didn't really play off as good either. You know, from this point, like Repop is really they they operate so stellar. When I work with them um, last year, you know, doing the virtual stuff, it was it was one of my best experience working with a group of people. And I've done podcasting for over six years. I've worked with people. I've had co-workers and all this stuff. I never felt, I mean, co-stars or whatever. I never felt so amazingly, it, the, the operation of it all. It was just, everything was on point. These guys, I felt like, I felt very comfortable being able to host these panels because these guys were so on point in, you know, getting it done. And it was awesome. And it was an awesome experience to work with both of them, both of the producers that I work with and the people that helped me you know get into this and do this it i i'm i'm i cannot tell you how extremely excited i am about this i don't know if i'll be able to make it to e3 2023 i will really want to because i told my um i told my uh, my guy from repop like this is a one of my fandom bucket lists like this is indeed one of my deals like i know i feel like this is in great hands I, I I really do. I really, really do. This is exciting as all hell. Um, man, what an announcement. I again, this is not gonna be the last time I talk about this at all. Um, but the repop president Lance uh Fernstam, uh what is it, Fernstaman? Uh he he reported on uh Game Informer said uh, we are thrilled to bring e3 back into an in-person event with repop the global leader in producing pop culture events esa president and ceo stanley pierre lewis writes in a press release that uh the past three years have confirmed that e3 conveys uh our industry like no other repop brings world-class talent very true a keen understanding of the video game industry which will serve to enhance E3's experience for years to come. This is absolutely awesome. I truly believe this. I, mean, I as a person who, who, you know, as a business person myself, um, who helps market and produce other people in the past and present, I use critical thinking majorly. If I see that a company is doing really well, I will credit that company. Like I'll give an example, Apple, Disney, and um repop i will also give right now to aew and tony khan like how they how they put things together how they organize things how they treat their staff how they how they produce how they advertise and promote all of those things i really look at and repop the reason why i'm so thrilled that i was able and still able to work alongside repop and get have this type of connection with them is because I know that I am connected with a awesome group of people who've done things before. And I've I've done press, I've done partnerships with local cons and um, other major cons too. Um, you know, I actually remember I did press release for Fan Expo as well just recently, who also does a pretty good job too. Um, of course, they're the revamped version of Wizard World. So they're rebranding based upon their situations of before. So they're trying to rebuild their situation. But repop has been non-stop they never really had to rebrand at all if not ever um and they've managed to persevere through even the most troubling times and it looks like this them acquiring e3 is just another thing it's, it's a major thing and just 
this actually this is a big deal like when you compare what repop is doing to what san diego comic-con international is doing acquiring repop and into and to their brand that's my that might be taking them a step up that may take them a step up in terms of like who is the more powerful between the two right now man i i you know i it's just this is absolutely awesome i i'm static about this news I'm looking forward to see because I'm sure they've been to E3 prior years and stuff like that, and they know what to expect. Um, they's all, they have also done packs before as well, so they know what to expect. And I want to see what goes on with this. This is just this is just fantastic, man. So I can't wait. I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be absolutely awesome, you know. And for those who are wondering, like, is this an instant you know thing for me to get in because I'm associated with Rebop? Not necessarily, because the thing is, like, these are different departments. These are different situations. New York Comic Con has its own set of people. Um, Keystone has their own set of people. Some of the people in New York works with other, like, Emeralds and all those other cons. E3 may be a whole new different beast. It may be under a whole new different, you know, president. Or, you know, they. It, it, this is, there's a lot that's going to be coming in as of right now. But, like, this is just absolutely awesome. You know, these are the guys who put packs together. They put Star Wars Celebration together, New York Comic Con, many more. They've done a lot of success. And I'm, still to this day, like Keystone Comic Con, which was here in Philly, is still untouched and unmatched. Like as much as I did enjoy the Fan Expo, it didn't have the same feel under the same building that Repop did with Keystone. Um, and I'm not saying that because I did panels for their convention or anything, but just to set up how they presented, they, they had the star power at Fan Expo, definitely. They absolutely did. But the setup and everything wasn't the same. And it, granted, I, I can't, I would be unfair if I didn't mention that I'm basing 2018 and 2019 to 2022 when the pandemic and everything is all around. <laughs> you know, we're just getting through the pandemic and things are just slowing up. So Fan Expo did really pretty good for their first time back i'm interested in seeing what they're going to do but if you look at my if you go to talktimelive.com and go to the fan expo uh on the blog page that i did on on talktimelive.com uh reviewing fan expo you can i do a compare and contrast to how they produce and put things together in accordance to how repop did it and with the star power that they had and everything so you know it, it's um you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's it's going to be, this is a very interesting time. So I am looking forward to this. And I, if I get more information on this or a statement from the president or vice president uh, that my guy, you know, sent out, I'll definitely report this back on here in, in, in a future uh, episode and whatnot. But right now I am, this is exciting. This is very exciting. It makes me a fan of this company even more because they acquired this and I have full me personally I have full just based on my experience working with this company and seeing what they did I have absolutely full confidence that they're going to bring E3 back to what it once was because you know it, it, we all know E3 has been in a bit of a downfall even before the pandemic the pandemic just made it worse but we started seeing signs of things declining uh, and this begs the question can Repop get Sony back? And if they could get Sony back into this, that really brings that. Oh, 
I'm telling you, just brings it all back, man. So we will see. So let's talk about some other great news going on in the world of gaming. Shout out to the people at Tribute Games, Dotemu. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge hits 1 million copies sold. This is an awesome, awesome, awesome feat. Um, probably maybe one of their most successful games um, to date, if not ever, because I don't recall Streets of Rage 4 getting this type of, uh, you know, accomplishment or hitting this milestone. As great as Streets of Rage is, I really don't recall them actually hitting this. Um, and other, especially other Dotemu games that has been published, uh, Tribute Games, Credit to them. Shout out to my man Yannick Belzil, who was on this show, and they killed it, man. They there was so much great about the game. I can't stress about it enough. It was the reason why I asked uh, Yannick and the Tribute uh, Games guys to come on the show, man. It was like I was that much of a fan of the show. I wanted to hear more about it, every aspect of possible. Um, Yannick's narrative was a great help to this. It helped the balance and flow of what was going on from a storyline standpoint, I just played it again um, yesterday. It's just so beautifully done in every aspect. Like everything just felt like it was important. How the flow of the story went, the, uh, the, the sprite designs, the animation, the flow, the music, all of that combined. It was just a beautiful, it beautifully packaged. Um, shout out to my man, um, to my boys, uh, Megaran and Felix Dangato. Both of them were a part of that soundtrack that helped hit that million every bit of that shout out to the woo <laughs> the woo definitely hit it i think honestly when the wu-tang was announced too let's not let's be real when the woo hit it was like oh they went hard on this thing you know what i'm saying like it's one thing to have like mega on there because we're used to mega being on some hits we always see mega on some hits and all the stuff Wu is the mount rushmore of all hip hop, not just one aspect of, of all hip hop. So any one of those guys in there would have made it. And, and, you know, you got the, you know, the infamous tag team of, you know, Raekwon and Ghostface on it. Come on. So, you know, shout out to everybody involved in this. It was awesome. It, great job. It's one of the, like I said, it's one of the most enjoyable games of the year and it shows. And that's proof right there for that. Um, Go to Mega Rand's, uh, you know, Facebook page and social media page. He did a nice little celebratory um, freestyle of the actual million sold on there. It was do as dope as always. Love it. Absolutely love it. Congratulations to everybody there. Um, if you haven't gotten this game yet, go out of your way and get it. It's awesome. And here's another thing. I'll say it again. This game is going to get an award. I, I went from saying this game is going to get nominated. Yes, it's absolutely going to be nominated this year for a game award. It might be more. This game is getting an award. I'm saying it right now. I, and if it doesn't, it's a it's going to be hell to pay. OK, it is no way in all hell that this game is not going to be um, getting an award for indie best indie game of the year. I mean, it's, I will I will say this to a guy that I actually interviewed uh, a while back, um, he is, his, he goes by the name Yale. If you haven't know, if you know that name, you know him for the, um, he does a video game. He, he's, he self developed his own video game 
the uh, uh, Ringo Ichikawa, which is a tribute to the Kunio Khan games in here. So he basically he recently um, if if it, it actually if you go on um, Steam or you go to uh, Nintendo Switch, you could purchase the game there. I highly recommend it. It's an awesome, awesome, you know, spiritual tribute to uh, the, any of the Konio Khan games. But Yeo, who is the name of the developer for, he's from Russia, and I spoke to him years ago about this, uh, about that actual uh, game that he developed, and I played it and beat it and all the stuff. So he's really into the side-scrolling beat em up type of deal because that's what he did and he's also creating a brand new game in that same fashion coming out i believe it may be out on steam now but it's he said it wasn't going to come out until like sometime maybe next year for the switch um understandably so because the switch can be a little bit hard to get into but he's really adamant about what he thinks of certain video games today and such and um it was really interesting he actually felt like the ninja turtles game wasn't good and it didn't he he was kind of he was kind of you know i don't want to quote put um, words in his mouth but in essence he wasn't too favorable of the ninja turtles game and he felt there was other games that were better and i know which games he was talking about and i don't i kind of disagree with that in this case it, 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 it just it just kind of came off a little bit bitter on innocence because you know what he does is, i think because of the and i think it, it begs the question of what i asked yannick about the idea of this being an indie game and basically yeah they you know he basically said they have 15 people in their team which that is in the indie game development level of amount of people that i you know normally come across that is usually usually doing it's not usually like a team of 300 or something like that um they have a backing but nintendo you know nickelodeon was backing this and um you know there's a whole bunch of extra ordinaries to this game so i know yeo probably looked at that and he might have just looked at like look i didn't have all this backing i didn't have nickelodeon i didn't have a soundtrack added to it and all this stuff and you know it, it's just one of those things that you know this kind of ups the level of what an indie game is now because of what they were able to do with this but i would have to disagree with you like this game was awesome the animation for this game was awesome the pixel uh rate the control scheme was so fluid i mean it was just it, they got the original voices of the original team like there's so much right to this game it even superseded the original two arcade games that it was based on that you know it's i would you know i i get his his attitude towards it but come on man give credit where credit is due this teenage mutant ninja turtle shredder's revenge is awesome in a million copies you know not many people have acquired that but when you have this is a this is a great example of why it is important to have the right type of branding and packaging and promotion and all the stuff when you have the right people in the right packaging dude you're going to you're going to skyrocket because there are other beat-em-ups out there but the other beat-em-ups didn't have nickelodeon on their side they didn't have that pr promotional aspect on, on the side 
um, there was so much that went right with this game. And not just the game itself, just how it was advertised, how it was produced, the people that they were able to get on board to do this, the extraordinary stuff to add it to the branding. Like this is, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is not only a great game, but it is a great example of what you should do in terms of not just gaming, it, but also marketing and promotion and branding. This is a great, great, great study to do that. Like not everybody has that aspect, but there are means that you could look into this and say like, okay, I really want to get into this. I really want to do this. Um, it just, it, it, it just boggles me. Like how much was in the budget? Because they got a soundtrack out to acquire a lot of hip hop, very high quality hip hop talent. And that's also added onto it too. And, and implementing that into the game, that's a, that's a, that budget, uh, that's a, that's an interesting budget thing right there. Like how much, how much went into developing this game at this time? I mean, maybe that was one of the, I, I don't know if he would have answered that, but that's an interesting question that I, I should have probably asked at the time, but man, nonetheless, great job. Dotemu, great job, uh, to everybody on tribute games and this is just a huge accomplishment on them and i this is not the last we're gonna hear from guaranteed i'm putting my mind i'm putting my money on it now they're getting an award if not multiple awards for this game this year so all right we got to get back to fighting game talk real quick because i talked about this before and basically i read i was reading the recent game informer magazine it was an article about why modern controls may be good and th the writer made a great point or i would say a great point but a good point but it's still like a debatable point at the same time meaning i would add I, he basically he put it he put it in a scenario that said you know you ever have one of those times where you wanted to play games with your friends you invite your friends over but your friends suck at playing fighting games, but you want them to play anyway. So to help them do it, the actual modern day simplistic control scheme would fit more for them to be able to pull off moves and everything, which is absolutely true. And I see that point. And I, I really do see that point. If you're, if you're somebody, if you're somebody that wants to, you know, just play, just for the sake of playing, but not really have any intent on, you know, learning the actual traditional ways of the modern, uh, uh, the modern, I mean, traditional control schemes, doing a fireball, pulling off a fireball move or a hurricane kick or a, you know, uh, sure you can dragon punch. I can understand that to an extent. I can, if you're just a casual, you know, person that just wants to play games and hang out. I can see it and i didn't think about it in that sense to that aspect i do get it and understand however i still am a person who grew up at a time where when these games first came out when, when fighting games became a thing learning these new techniques and stuff and, and, and such it, it was just something awesome and it was something that felt like you have you have a game that is just this much fun and this good you have to earn the right to have this much fun and to do that you have to learn how to use the moves and it was fun to learn how to use the moves it was fun to practice to become a master of something and i feel like the modern 
control scheme, this simplistic control scheme that's, you know, very similar to that of Super Smash Brothers, which is a melee fighter. And a melee fighter is different from your normal type of fighting game. So I get that. But the problem is, is that, you know, for melee games, I think it's fine because it's just a borderline battle royal of everything going on. You almost really can't pull off moves like you can. I mean, some they do have some half circle, you know, quarter circle moves in um, in, in Super Smash Brothers to that extent, but you don't have to really rely on it. Um, but for your traditional fighter, I feel like that should be something that is worth learning how to do. And it's not really that hard to learn how to do. It's not really hard at all. Um, the hardest move that I ever done in a Street Fighter game or a Street Fighter like game or maybe like a SNK game or whatever like that is maybe the Raging Demon, which requires some really ridiculous code, you know, you know, code, which I eventually learned how to do. And a lot of that played from the the tweaking of the actual controls and the balancing of the controls and the response time of the controllers. So they came out with controllers later on that were so responsive that you can easily pull off these moves with no problem if you time it right. And you just have to learn how to time it right. Like we wouldn't have E, we wouldn't have E-League competitions or Evo tournaments if, you know, people weren't learning the craft. Part of doing it is just knowing that you're watching two competitors face off against each other with who learned how to master the techniques of the moves that were given and for them to pull off the matches that they have it shows that it is something to it there is merit to actually learning the craft and you're commended for learning the craft and because of that you're actually you're getting paid a lot of money because you learned your craft i i you know the, the newer generations are going to get mad at me for this for saying this but I feel like the modern day control schemes just feels like an, an easy just way of not learning the hard way or not or or not earning the way you know it's just like it's just given to you you know you see what i'm getting at this feels very you know um what is the term participation trophy yes <laughs> you know, this, this gives a vibe of, you know, we're just, you know, we're not going to let you learn how to you work hard and stuff like that. We're just going to give, make it easy for you in a, in a world where things are not often easy. I feel like there's an accomplishment and achievement in a fellow in a, in a sense of accomplishment when you master these techniques. I, that's just me. I mean, I, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. Um, and I, and I, I'm not saying I don't like using the, you know, the modern control scheme. Sometimes I do, but I, I like that, that, that there's choice and I'm, I'm glad that street fighter six is giving you choice. And that's where the article came in because it was talking about the modern control schemes of, um, street fighter six and the fact that you're given choice, a choice to choose between the two. Again, I say it again. I, I don't necessarily mind the control scheme for everything I've what I do mind is the lack of choice. And there are people like me who prefer these traditional control scheme. There are other people who prefer the modern. I just tell you what, if I'm competing with you and there's money on the line, you better damn sure be using a traditional. 
because there's no way you're gonna beat me just hitting a down and an a button or down an x button or up an x no i refuse i will say this i forgot what game that i had that i played recently that oh i know what it was it was last week's um my review of uh dungeon and fighter it does have a a mixture an amalgam of different controls and it kind of gives you a hybrid type of style where you do use the traditional control scheme by you know doing a control you know the quarter circle or half circle whatever and one button to pull that off but the rest of them are more or less like the modern day control scheme so i will say to that and i mentioned that last week is that even though that they use the simplistic style for the most part it does still have a challenge to it so again there's another thing maybe if the case may be is that they I, here's the thing if they continue to want to do a modern control scheme i want to i want a little bit more depth to it maybe add on a little bit more technique to it that yeah it's easy to pull off but you know there may be some consequences to trying to pull it off so you may have some other defenses or counters that you may be able to do that you may need to do make it as technical make the simple simple control scheme provide a little bit of a technicality to it i feel like if i play the play it the easy way i feel like i'm being I'm, um i don't feel right i feel like i'm getting away with something i shouldn't get away with in this case so you know i i don't know maybe we'll see i'm looking forward to playing street fighter 6 when it comes out next year um see how they pull it off see if they try anything uh, it, you know this is still what it is too is that it's still young and they're still working on this process and it's going to take one development company to come up with this really cool control scheme that is both simple but it's comp it, it, it has a little bit of technicality to it and a little bit more complex that it's not just you just hitting a button an easy button and then you'll be able to pull off moving it to connect easy no there needs to be some form of fight back to it which i think dungeon of fighter does play a little bit on to that i think grand blue um grand blue fantasy also may do that a bit too um i just feel like there needs to be a little bit more for more bank for it so we'll see we'll see but i you know in some cases i agree with the article and in, in terms of just casual leisure leisurely fun yeah like I, here's another scenario for a lot of you know couples there's always one in the in the relationship that may gain more than the other but the other one wants to play along this is what happens when we used to play like Tekken and, and Soul Calibur back in the day. Like I, I, um, I used to date with people I used to play games with as well. And they would whip your ass because they just button mashed all the time. You know, that type of situation. Um, yeah, man, it, it's, you know, make it, make it worth your while. You know, and, and like I said, we got years to come. There's years of development. Somebody I think will may come with a better way to make it easy to play, but also challenging so if they can do that then i'm all for it so we'll see all right last bit of news i have is bayonetta 3. out of nowhere this popped up in the eShop, and i looked at this like wait am i does my eyes deceive me is this really bayonetta 3 and it's under pre-order which means if i click on this they have a release date not only did they have a release date it has a price and it has a trailer and uh this game that we have been anticipating forever 
is coming October 28th exclusively for the Nintendo Switch. The trailer showed Bayonetta fighting off against demons again, but we got some new characters involved now too. In particular, one name, uh, her name is uh, Viola. I think it's Viola, but she spells it. She pronounces it Viola. Um, and she kind of gives me Virgil vibes from, from Devil May Cry because she has short hair. It's not white, but it's blonde. But much like Virgil, she has an incredibly long katana blade, Sora Morisami blade um, attached to her. And she's able to fight off against demons as well. She looks to be teaming up with Bayonetta here too. So a lot of the same characters from the original two games are back and it's coming october 28th this year so i am ready again this is we talked about how for um for spoken last week we um learned that for spoken was going to now be uh postponing the release date till january of 2023 yeah this is why i truly believe this now i said it before i say it again october is going to be the hottest month for games this year so many games coming out this year it's insane um adding bayonetta 3 there's and if they knew that if if they absolutely and i think wasn't this the date that <laughs> I, I think this is the date that um forspoken was supposed to come out on too if i'm correct i i could be wrong about that but that, i think that that was might have been a date but if they knew that bayonetta 3 was coming if they found out if they caught wind of this yeah i'm going to change as much as this game looks awesome bayonetta has a huge following a huge fan base um yeah man yeah push that push that forward i i'm waiting we got like i said we got gotham knights we got um what is it midnight suns from marvel we got so many other things coming now bayonetta 3 has been added to this october is going to be the biggest month for gaming releases this year bar none i cannot wait so folks that will do it for this portion of the show we're going to take a break come back i'm going to tell you why you as a fighting game may want the capcom fighting collection and we'll do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! you have reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to talk more fighting games with you as i review capcom fighting collection 
this is strictly for the hardcore and we talked about it on the last segment in terms of traditional and uh more simplified control schemes well here you have this right here that celebrates actually both um what they gave to you is a collection of the games that made capcom famous the games that put capcom on the map and that is of course street fighter um, in accordance to other games like uh dog stalkers the vampire hunter series and whatnot vampire savior whatnot well they not only give you all of those games 10 games 10 fighting games within all this uh which includes one that has never been imported into a console before um but they also give you options to play the traditional way the simplified way they give you a library of of content the gallery the history of these games you could also play in english or the japanese imported version so each whichever one your choice uh you could jump on to and this is pretty awesome i really love the way they laid this out here you have you know you have your selection of uh game i do have one negative one pet peeve for this game and I, but i'll talk about this in the shortly um so one of the games i've been dying and I mean dying to play again with Super Puzzle Fighter uh, 2 Turbo, which is on here. They got also Super Gem Fighter on here as well. They got Hyper Street Fighter 2, the anniversary edition for the first time ever in a console. It's Red Earth. This is something that I've played before in arcades, but I also played recently because I have it as an emulator onto one of my Raspberry consoles here. So I have that, but it was not I believe it wasn't in English or whatever like that. And, and so the controls was a little bit clunky because it's not all that fluid. But here, perfect. A, a, a perfect port of this arcade game is on here as well. You got the original Dark Stalkers. This pretty much actually is the Dark Stalkers collection because every Dark Stalker game they ever made is in this game. Uh, Dark Stalkers 1, Night Warriors, uh, Vampire Savior, uh, Vampire Hunters. But then they also have the two Japanese release games uh up here as well which uh well uh vampire hunter 2 and vampire savior 2 were two ports that were never in america if i'm correct and the reason being and they don't have an english version of this on here of uh, those two games on here um which is weird because it looks if you play it it's virtually the same game but there are certain characters in either of those games that are not in there and it's really weird why or how they set it up and i gotta look really into why that happened but they have a gallery mode here as well for every game that's on here, which basically shows you a lot of what, you know, a lot of the things that you love about Capcom. And that is the illustrations and the character designs and everything on here. So, you know, you, no surprise to anybody who's been, you know, investing in these collection series and these legacy series um, that Capcom thankfully has been doing. You know because they figured out they realized they're one of the people though i'll give snk play more to you know that extent they um if they're still play more anymore but snk also releases their you know uh games back out too like these games should not be sitting on a shelf there are many people who would love to replay these games all over again if they don't have a means to do it which is why i'm glad some of these games are coming back like this and i'm hoping capcom brings out well actually capcom is bringing out more of the they did announce the uh mega man um what is it the bad mega man battle network uh edition or something of that nature um that's coming out soon you get all 10 games every game they've ever made for that um 
there's the arcade edition coming out next week which is going to have saturday night slam masters and i can't wait i think that's one of the only games i mean there's another game i may get it to but i i'm so excited to play saturday night slam masters on a nintendo switch i cannot tell you if you're a street fighter fan you should be a fan of that because that is a spinoff to the actual game so i mean like dude it's gonna be on i can't wait um and it's finally a new another wrestling game in a nintendo switch finally and it's one of my favorites but this game gives you so much and not only that again we talked about the options of playing the traditional way or the more modern way they give you that it, each game provides a customizable um you know control scheme that you can customize yourself and you can make it easier to just pull off some of the moves that weren't so easy back then for you and that was hard to practice like again if i wanted to do the raging demon now i could just hit a button and pull it off so but if i wanted to learn how to do it myself i have that option as well i'm okay with this <laughs> so you know there's some awesome things here but just looking at some of these games that require the like cps you know two and three um arcade board and engine and what whatnot it's just beautiful to see man and like you gotta understand why we love capcom so much because of games like this they, they made some beautiful beautiful they made fighting games such a great thing back then and dog stalkers especially it was just beautiful to see it really captured that horror thriller type of aspect with it um super gym fighters is literally a fan favorite of mine it's a super deformed version of the street fighter and uh the street fighter and the dog stalkers crew and uh, these zany little ventures and whatnot and everything and it's just over the top off the wall awesome um so glad they brought that back out as well and uh i believe uh gem fighter is also in here too it's a super gem fighter and dennis uh mini mix and then it's also um super puzzle fighter now there's a difference one is a is a tetris like game and the other is basically a a uh fighting game a mini fighting game there so it's just i i love them i love them both it's all here and we talked about this too because uh, and i talked about this recently in the new blog entry i just put in uh celebrating dreamcast games which i'll talk about in a minute but they basically um they basically need to come out with the 3d games now that's i'm absolutely looking forward to them coming out with the uh with those games and i miss playing some of those games in there as well so I, I i can't wait but i love what they did now if you're a fighting game fan if you grew up like i did playing the um what is it playing these games and playing these fighting games or whatnot man go out of your way check this out you know we got puzzle fighter and puzzle gym fighter in here alone that is no that alone is enough but then you got the entire dog stalkers lineup you got red earth for the first time if you've never played red earth before which is an awesome and i mean awesome take on a fighting game hybrid with a rpg element to it and here's the other thing kicker what i love about it they really this is a plus for them in accordance to any of the snk games that have ever come out when you play the old snk neo geo games and some of those games can be very very stiff in terms of difficulty level and you want to tweak it down even if you tweak it down to the lowest of lows you will still you will absolutely still have trouble 
fighting some of those uh and some of those matches especially the boss modes which can be considered really cheap and if you don't know that term cheap it's just it's cheap usually means when the boss character is extremely difficult to play and easy and it will beat you very swiftly and easily there's some cheap elements in a snk throwback game but here when you tweak the difficulty level it truly is easy it truly is simple if you just want to just blow right through the you know the stage and everything and just go ahead and, and and enjoy it for what it is you can go ahead and do it man it is all there so even a, even a you know pocket even a gym fighter it, they have it there super puzzle fighter is even you can tweak it down and make it easy for you you know for the tetris fans out there so people this is a great 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 addition to your collection for the Capcom deal. Um, if you're a fighting game fan, this is a no-brainer for you. Uh, in terms, my own, like I, I, I mentioned my only pet peeve before I end this whole thing. My only pet peeve about this game is that we did not need, by any means, Street Fighter, Hyper Street Fighter 2, the anniversary edition. Reason being is because Street Fighter alone has its own collection. It you can get the 30th anniversary collection, which has every single Street Fighter game ever made, probably even including this one. They just keep adding Street Fighter to like I can name a bunch of other fighting games that did not make it in here that could have taken that place or just leave it out in general. Um, I really don't think like and I don't know it's because, you know, they, we all know that they work with Marvel and, you know, X-Men versus Street Fighter, and Marvel, which another thing. Capcom, you know, people want this please there's two things we want to see 3d game titles as a collection we want to see the marvel universe as a collection every marvel fighting game you've ever put out hell even the, the super nes um games that you put out we want them put that all into a collection make a deal with disney marvel whatever get those games back out people want to play those games with a passion do you know how much money you guys will make from that trust me on this so hopefully down the line we will get that because i think that's going to be a major deal for that and the 3d fighters that you know we haven't seen and um but for now i dig this i i'm loving all these new collections that we're getting from capcom keep it going i'm loving it so if you haven't played any of these games before now's the time to do it go to nintendo switch you know eShop is over there you get the physical copy you could go i believe it's available on the playstation and all those as well and in xbox as well so this is such a, a great treasure to have, especially when you get down to the history of everything. So, yeah, I mean, despite the fact that they got Hyper Street Fighter to the anniversary edition, which they didn't need this game, this this whole entire collection is still awesome. Um, I'm giving this a solid A. I probably would have given it A plus if they would have taken that game out, because, again, you got an entire game collection of Street Fighter games. You didn't need this one. Um, other than that, the rest of them are just fantastic and you know i love it i absolutely enjoy it and love it all so go out of your way check it out it's available now on i believe all platforms as well so folks that will do it for this edition of select start thank you guys so much for checking this and every episode out here on talk time live um before i even get down to the plugs and all this stuff right now the first plug i gotta do is basically our new blog entry that i just kind of mentioned a little bit a minute ago uh, on talktimelive.com right now there's two new blog entries that are out right now i just put one in this morning before i started the show the first one i want to uh, talk about gives me 
it, it, I talked about this before saying that I was going to um, do a little bit of a tribute uh, Dreamcast list here and I absolutely did just that. So on TalkTimeLive.com right now is the retro replay rundown of my top favorite Sega Dreamcast games. And this was in honor of Bernie Stolar, who is one of the creators of the Dreamcast, one of the best game consoles ever. Cult classic it may be, the best it was. There's a 128-bit uh, system that really, in its short lifespan, changed the way we play games. So we i've put down a lot of and trust me um because if you truly are a dreamcast owner you know that a lot of these selections may be fighting games so uh i put down my top 10 plus of honorable mentions on there you go in there check it out right now read up on it uh if you're the type that likes reading because there's a lot to read in there i wrote a lot in that uh in that blog segment but there's a lot of cool videos and stuff like that and pictures and stuff like that in there so go ahead and check it out it's on air now I also this morning I put in um, the I put in a poll, my first actual poll for uh, this deal. I had, I had to figure out if I actually were able to do this and I could thank you to my website. And I have a poll up right now that is uh, asking about the best in the Marvel Cinematic Universe phase four so far. So so far, we just finished watching. Uh, we literally just finished watch, uh, watching Miss Marvel, which we'll talk about this week on the main on the Prime show. And we also saw Thor Love, uh, Love and Thunder, which I reviewed last week. So right now we're getting it down to the wire. Um, they said Thor Love and Thunder is the final, but we also got we also have, um, you know, uh, Black Panther for, uh, Wakanda Forever down there as well. And we got other things that are coming she-hawk is coming as well so i don't know if it's truly in but so i put up a poll asking you know basically what was what do you think was the best of the marvel cinematic universe phase four so far so you got definitely all of the movies all of it's not just the movies it's movies and or you know series there so all of the movies that have come out all of the disney plus series that have come out are all there and i'm not just section i'm not just separating the series from the movies because they're all in the same deal and they spent just as equally amount of money on both of them in terms of budget so overall which one was the best marvel experience for you so far uh so we got some votes in right now we're just waiting for more to come so uh go in to talktimelive.com go into the blog section you'll see it there along with the dreamcast one and uh you know check it out enjoy make your vote and enjoy the whole thing if you like this episode and all of our episodes here on talk time live you can go to talktimelive.com to check out all the audio episodes and video episodes and video exclusive episodes with some of the well-known names in the uh in the in our favorite fandoms i should say but this sunday we got to talk about something else not only we're going to talk about uh miss marvel the boys we got to talk about a friend of mine who recently was on the show uh not too long ago uh actually last year for that matter um she's gonna come back and i'll talk a little bit more about that because she's gonna be in a major major film coming out on netflix coming soon starring two iconic you know figures in this whole thing plus a host of others 
and this is going to be awesome. So we'll talk about that more on Sunday as well. I'm still looking forward to that. It's so awesome. That trailer, <laughs> that trailer, I swear. So we'll talk about that. But if you want to continue to listen to this, you can always go to talktomelive.com or you can subscribe and download to your favorite podcast platforms because we're everywhere podcasts are played, such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Poppy, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora. Shout out to all about people on Tumblr because you can listen right there as well. So, all right, folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care, and I'll talk to you guys Sunday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.